Welcome to Virtual School Assembly. I'm your host, Tyler Christensen. I'm a productivity speaker, author, and classroom teacher. Here at Virtual School Assembly, I interview Hollywood celebrities, professional athletes, Olympians, speakers, and educators who share messages of inspiration, education, and hope to better prepare you for an ever-changing and uncertain world. Thanks for joining us. Let's get started. Hey guys, it's Tyler here from Virtual School Assembly, and uh, the following episode is one that for a long time I considered not publishing. Um, It's a great message, um, and there's some great stuff in there about anti-bullying and anti-racism and suicide, uh, but it is more mature, and I've tried to make this channel something that, you know, K through 12 and beyond could watch, and, and so I really deliberated on whether or not I should should publish it uh, because it is a little mature for some of the younger audiences. That and at, at some point in the interview, um, I, I felt like I was personally attacked a little bit and we actually talk about that in the interview and it made me a little nervous about how kids would respond to that and so I actually showed the entire um, assembly to my own class here at school and when I first showed it to them, I just said, if you were me, would you publish that or not? And almost all my students said, no, don't. But then we had a discussion about racism, about bullying, about suicide, and about the content, and even about how I was attacked during the, the interview or how I felt attacked during the interview. And we ended up talking about those things for about an hour and had one of the best discussions we've had all year long. And after that discussion, I said, um, how many of you feel I should publish it now? but with some sort of caveat that this is for mature audiences and please watch it with an adult and have a discussion around it. And at that point, almost all the students said, yes, you absolutely should post it. And so this is that caveat. This is that warning. Um, I think this is some great content in this uh, assembly. I think it's worth watching. Um, but I, I think even better than watching it would be discussing it and coming up with some solutions to the problems we have, not just identifying that we do have problems in our country and throughout the world, but what can we do to fix those problems? What can we do to take action? So enjoy this uh, interview, and we'll talk to you later. Bye. Welcome back to Virtual School Assembly. Today our guest is Uchenna Ume, or Dr. Lulu, as she goes by. She's a board-certified pediatrician, a best-selling author of two nonfiction books with a few more coming, uh, a TEDx speaker, mom of three, YouTuber, podcast host, and global youth suicide activist. She's the CEO of TeenAlive.com, an online resource for teens, and Dr. Lulu's Youth Health Center, a cash-based practice located in San Antonio, Texas, that takes care of at-risk youth struggling with stress, trauma, and suicidal behavior. Dr. Lulu, we're so grateful to have you here today. Um, Welcome to the virtual school assembly stage. Here's your microphone, and the stage is yours. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. It's a, it's a beautiful day in San Antonio. We just had some rain and so it's like nice and breezy. So it's a good day to talk about serious stuff, right? right. So like you said, my name is Dr. Lulu. I like to go by the momatrician. I'm a mom and I'm a pediatrician rolled up into one. I'm, um, I think two years ago, I became an activist of sorts because I, have, I had a seven-year-old patient of mine attempt suicide twice. But that was also in the heels of a 15-year-old patient who had killed himself in 2008. And then a friend of mine who had killed herself in 2000. So 
I've been for a minute now trying to ask myself, well, what's going on? What's up? What's up with this suicide situation? Not to talk about the fact that I myself was suicidal in 2015. And so I realized that suicide is a thing that happens to normal people, right? And most people that die by suicide do not have a diagnosis of of uh, mental illness. And I think that's the main crux of my talk today. Most people don't realize that every child is born weighing six to eight pounds, right? And they're fine, they're innocent, and then life happens to them. So if you imagine a five-year-old child who's been bullied in kindergarten, and then he, gets to, he or she gets to elementary school and they're being bullied some more, well, because they're a Muslim or because they're Hispanic or because they're Nigerian, they have an accent, or they're black or whatever, whatever the reason, by the time that child is 12 years old, they're angry, they're upset, and they probably are suicidal. The truth about suicidal as a word is, it just feels like I just wanna kill myself. I don't think anybody loves me. I don't think I matter. Like the world will go on without me. You know, they're better off without me anyway, because everybody tells me I'm stupid. Or maybe for some unknown reason, they have trauma going on at home. Maybe they have been molested at home. Maybe they have been abused at home verbally. Maybe their parents are incarcerated. Maybe their mother is an alcoholic. Any kind of combination of trauma that that child is going through that you don't know. And then you pick on them because their clothes are not cool enough or because their accent is not cool enough or because they're not rich enough. They're from the, the, the different part of town that you live. And then you pick on them at the bus and you call them names and you, you push at them and you pull. And then maybe one day they snap, Right. And then they either kill themselves or they come to the school with a gun to kill you because you have been very mean to them. Well, as bad as that story sounds, it happens everywhere, every time. And luckily for us, we've had online schooling. In a sense, we've got some reprieve, right? Reprieve, right? And people have not really been going to school yet as far as in person. And so we had an increase in cyberbullying because now everyone is on, the, is on the internet and going to school on the internet. So what I'm trying to say to you is if you are one person who's never thought about what it feels like to be the victim of a bully, of a bullying incident, well, I want you to know that I was bullied when I was a child and it wasn't fun. My son was bullied when he was a child. People do not need you to bully them. They don't need, you, you might not think about it. You might just think, oh, well, we were just playing. We're just joking until they kill themselves, then it's no longer a joke anymore. So you don't know what I can take because you don't know what trauma I'm dealing with at home. And so I ask you, listening to me, to put yourself in my shoes if you can. So when you see me sitting in the cafeteria by myself, rather than teasing me and making fun of me, come sit by me and say nothing. And by the second or third, the first day I might leave, I might get up and leave, and I don't want to deal with that. Second day, you come and sit by me. And I might just shift because I don't want to deal with it. And the third day, you come sit by me and insist and say, I want to sit here with you because I want to be your friend. I'm going to look at you like, whatever. But if you keep coming, you will wear me down. And then all of a sudden, I'll see a friend in you. I want you to do that because enough of us don't do that. We look at the kid, the new kid, and we tease the new kid. We make fun of the new kid until you are the new kid, right? It's not a good place to be. So we're asking for compassion and empathy. And you should look up those words, okay? They're very powerful words. They allow you to be vulnerable, to want to give of yourself, to want to lean in and be closer. And 
allow yourself to be the one, right? Because everybody needs the one who's going to be like, how are you doing? I want to be your friend. And as a student, you need that. You need to be able to feel that and you need to be able to give that. And we just don't have that in schools these days. So I ask you to hear me when I say we can actually stomp out bullying, but you, I need you to be a, an active part of it. Just like racism, we can stomp it out, but it starts from the heart, right? I can't go out there, carry a placard and all that. If inside, deep inside, I don't believe what I'm fighting for. And so that means you need to call out your friends when they're being racist. You need to call out your parents when they're being racist. You need to call out your pastor if they are being racist. People are the ones who are racist. Racism is not just a thing that happens. And I have you know that racism only occurs with human beings. Dogs cannot practice racism. Cats cannot practice racism. Only humans are able to do that. But if you only knew the meaning of the word melanin, if you knew the word melanin, that is a 0.0001 micro of my skin, and that's all it takes. If you peel off my melanin, we're the exact same person inside. And so if you can just look up melanin in your library when next you go to the library, or ask your science teacher or your biology teacher to tell you about melanin, I think for me, that's the one word that will fix it for everybody. If you know that it's just a coat that was put over my skin because I come from a place where we have so much sunlight, we need this to protect our skin. Otherwise, we're the same inside. If you could do that, I think you'd be on your way towards fixing racism. And that, my friend, is what you need to do. So check out my book at Amazon. It drops next week. I don't know when you're going to watch this, but... Yeah, it'll be after the book's out for sure. And so we can definitely check that out on Amazon and we'll link to it in the, the show notes today. Um, so I want to ask you a little bit about the, some of the experiences you've had and some of the things you've learned. When we talk about bullying and racism, the interesting thing is we talk to kids about that all the time, but we don't talk to adults about it very often. And, and adults are just as guilty and just as culpable of bullying uh, and you know, and it, it doesn't matter where you live. Um, you know, there are always going to be people who look different from you, who act different from you. Um, there are always going to be minorities. I mean, you know, as a white person, I'm usually in the majority, but I've lived in different places where I was the minority and I was bullied because I was white. And so th this happens everywhere. So where do we start with that? How can we, what are things we can do to understand other cultures and understand people who might look or, or act differently than we are. I think you hit the nail on the head when you said adults are just as culpable. All adults were once little people, but the racist adults, whether you're black, white, whatever color you are, racism is because when you were a little person, no one taught you any better. In America, for instance, we celebrate former racist, former, um, leaders and generals who we know are racist and we uphold them for the president's day and we uphold them for all the kinds of craziness but really truly they were racist and even if you you owned a slave could you really be nice enough to a slave i mean they're your slave so you know what i mean like it comes with the territory and so what i want people to do is first of all educate themselves <laughs> educate yourself well actually before that get ready for the uncomfortable discussions, the conversations that are hard to have. 
And don't be too quick to come up with your own version of it because no matter how mean I am to you, racism in the true sense of the word is more institutional, right? It's more systemic, right? I cannot do that to you. I can't. I don't have the system to support me doing that to you. So I say for the white folks that are watching this, kids or adults, it don't matter. You have to decide on your own that you do not want to be racist, but also you want to be actively anti-racist. So there are two things, right? You don't want to be racist, but, you, but complacency is the problem. People are just like, well, I mean, I don't really know her. He's not really my friend. Really? Are they not? When they kill themselves, then you'd be like, oh, thoughts and prayers. No, before that happens, be actively anti-racist. Be actively anti-bullying because racism is a form of bullying. Mm -hmm. So you have to decide that you want to have those tough conversations with your family members. Everybody knows someone in their family who is a bigot. We all know these people. And so we need to out them, right? We need to speak up when you see that going on. If you can't say something, video it. Because these days, the video is what's saving us, right? Everyone is like being outed by video. Tape it and be ready to lose some friends with, because of this. Because some people are so stuck in their ways, they can't even see that there's another way, right? So educate yourself, be ready to have the conversation. And then when it comes to your kids, find out what your kids know first. Most kids are having the conversation already. Find out what they know. And then if you have to change it or maybe add to it, then go for it. But find out what they know and be ready to say, oh, no, that's not what happened. Or you know what? I don't know, but let's go find out. And then together you can look it up and find out really truly how many black inventors are there out there. Most people don't talk about them. The elevator was invented by a black man. You never, most people don't know that. Something as simple as that. The fact that the pyramids in Egypt were built by black people without technology, that tells you the amount of greatness that are, that are black people, but you don't hear about them. So educate yourself about these little known history facts. And then maybe when you see a black person, ask them, how are they really doing with all of this stuff? Because it's a lot of trauma and it's re-traumatizing. Be vulnerable and ask them, so I'm sorry for all it's worth because I'm not blaming you, Tyler. You, didn't, you were not racist to my ancestors, but I'm blaming you as a representative of the system. And so I want you to tell me you're sorry or apologize because I was not directly being racist by you, right? But I also represent the, 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 the black race. And so by you telling me, by allowing yourself to be vulnerable, your child is watching you act because you can tell your child whatever you like. Your actions speak louder. So they, they'll see you learning a different language. They see you attempting to say, wow, tell me more about this, this food. They're seeing you, you know, the little things you say at home. They're listening and they're absorbing. And so if you can try to do that, then you'll be okay. I mean, you're not going to fix it. It wasn't, Rome wasn't built in a day, but hey, we can start, you know, start chipping away at it. And if all of us do our part, we're all going to be just fine. Okay. So I'll, I'll admit, just having you talk about that, it, it makes me feel a little uncomfortable. And maybe that's your intent. I feel like I'm being attacked a little bit here. But what I'm hearing from you is educate yourself, have difficult conversations, ask questions. Um, and so 
you know, if I'm feeling uncomfortable right now, I'm sure kids watching this are feeling similar ways that, you know, it's not my fault that someone else is a jerk. It's not my fault, you know. And so when when you say, you know, you can apologize for your race or, or things like that, what does that mean to you? Like, what can I actually do if I want to be active in anti-bullying, if I want to actively part of, be part of the solution? What are some steps that I can actually take as someone who's in the majority, who has the white privilege? What should I be doing to be active in those areas? I think that's a great question. And I think it's important that without me necessarily, when I use the word you as a speaker, you know, you talk to one person, right? Even though you're talking to the, to the multitude. So yes, I have to use the word you. Whereas I've never met you before. I don't know if you're racist or not, but right. that's not, it's, again, like I said at the beginning, it's not at you, Tyler, right. but it's at you because you're majority. But that's a good question. The question, I like the way you asked it. So basically, using your white privilege. And one of the most important pictures I saw during the protests was the white protesters who formed a human shield between the police and the black protesters. I can't get that picture out of my mind. It's such a beautiful picture. I want you to embody that. When you see injustice going on, come and stand between because you are not gonna get hurt because you have a white privilege. Something like that. There was a bunch of white kids that linked hands and formed the human chain. I like that. There was a bunch of white kids that laid, all of them laid flat on the ground between the police and the black protesters. These are pictures that I want parents to show their kids and explain stuff like that. That's actively being, saying, you know what? It's about me, therefore it's about us. And not individualize it. Because it's not about me as a person. It's about me as a group of people. And not you, Tyler, it's about you as a group of people. So imagine that, removing that individualized aspect. And just let's all be humanists is what I like to say. We should all be humanists and see me as a person and see that I count and see that I bring something to the table, whether I'm from the Kalahari Desert or from the Amazon jungle. I bring something that you don't have to the table. And that's why fingers are different, right? Each one of them, take out your thumb and tell me how functional your hand will be. And take out your middle finger or your baby finger. So we want to see all of us as parts of a whole. And so if one of us is hurting, all of us are hurting. That's why I want, that's how I want you to look at it versus, oh, me. No, no nobody did that to me. I mean, all the day, I don't know, but it's not about me at this point. So I think you, I think you get, that's a great question. It, well, and it's, it's been difficult because I know there are kids right now who want to be part of the solution, who don't want to have the same mistakes of their parents or their grandparents. And, and we want to be better as a, a society and a culture. It's tricky. Now, You've given us a few ideas here. You know, when it comes to the cafeteria and someone's sitting by themselves, you can sit by them and you can wear them out. I love that language. Wear them out. Um, and kindness, and, right? <laughs> wear them right. out with kindness. Oh, honey, I'm not leaving. I'm not leaving here until you speak to me. With a smile and with compassion because it's coming from a good place. I'm not leaving here because that person has been traumatized. Humans by nature are social animals. We like to congregate. When you see one of us going away on their own, there's something usually going on, right? right. It's not, it's, that's why we could hardly stand it when we were told to stay in our homes for six weeks. 
your big fancy house with a big old pool. You don't want to stay in your house because humans seek other humans. So imagine that person weighing them down with kindness. It's important that you're coming from kindness. Hi, I want to sit next to you. I want to eat my lunch here. I just want to eat my lunch here and, be, and say nothing. And they'd be like, whatever. That, that's okay. Yeah. The fact that they say whatever is a good thing, right? Because right. that means they're already getting into their skin. So yeah. yeah. Thank you for, now, I, I know another way that we can make a difference is through education. And obviously part of the reason we have schools is to educate you. But as, as you pointed out, some of our history is wrong. And, and some <laughs> of the things that we've put up, you know, anytime you put any person on a pedestal, you're going to find that there are issues with their past. And, and, and so you have to be careful with stuff like that. But I think educating yourself is important. One of the best things that we've done recently in, in my home is we watched my favorite movie ever made. And, and it was, you wouldn't think that that would be a great thing for kids. But as we watched Remember the Titans, a football movie about integration, it gave me an opportunity to talk to my children about why they had the problems they had, why they sought the solutions that they were seeking at the time, why some things worked and some things don't. And we can see how that relates to our time today. Sadly, not a lot has changed since that time. We're still fighting a lot of the same fights. Um, but it gave us a, a, an opportunity to talk about it. We can do the same thing by reading books and, and we can Google things and look things up online. Do you have any resources that you recommend if, if people want to understand other cultures and other people better? Are there any of your go-to things that say, this is a good way to look at my history or this is a good thing to look at to understand who I am? Honestly, in my book, I basically talk about museums. I think, cool. the, the, because I'm a museum person anyway, mm -hmm. just go online, because I know there's a physical distancing going on, go online and Google Native American museums, and just look about it, just learn about it. Google Jewish museums, for all this way, because the Jewish people, they also get their own form of, you know, mm -hmm. and, and just look up historic African Americans. Just look that up. I don't have any book, honestly, and I know everybody's talking about white fragility. I don't have any book because I've never needed to read sure, the book sure, telling me about myself. But I do know that there's this white fragility. And then, of course, there's my book. I mean, you know, in all fairness. But I think, honestly, in the book, I mentioned the museums because they hold so idea. much history. Yes, you can't go wrong. I also mentioned learning a new language. I mentioned listening to my kind of music, music that obviously a different kind of everything but it's my kind of music because if your son or your daughter listens to my music they're never gonna if they see you appreciating it they're never gonna look down at it anymore because wait what will my mom say you know right. so that's small little things you know that you can integrate you don't have to travel to africa anymore it can bring africa to you because we have something called a computer we have something called google we have Dr. Lulu, right? You can ask me any questions you have. But yeah, try out new foods. Human beings love to socialize. We love to eat and drink. Imagine today in my house when my kids were younger, we made our family menu and we stuck to it for years. On Mondays, we have Italian. We're not Italian. On Tuesdays, we have American. We're not American. On Wednesdays, we have Hispanic. We have Spanish food. We're not Spanish. On Thursdays, we have Nigerian food, because we're Nigerians. On Fridays, we have Chinese food. This is something that the kids came up with when my eldest was nine. He's 22. Huh, it doesn't change. Something as simple as that. 
Yeah, no, that's a great idea. I, I hadn't even thought about the food side of things, but food and music, and, and you know, we food do something similar in our house. We dance, uh, and as we, we have found, we play this video game from the Wii where you dance along with what's on the screen, and they have dances from different cultures, and so our kids have been exposed to that, and I, that's a, a really good point. There's a lot of really easy things to do that can be a lot of fun. What you said that because I actually specifically have a particular Nigerian dance that I mentioned in the book. Oh, cool. It's called, yes, it's a very acrobatic kind of dance. And I was like, and I say to them in the book, I said, while I don't expect you to learn the crazy moves, but you can at least have appreciation for it. And then I mentioned break dancing. I'm not going to break dance, but hey, I appreciate the origin of break dance. Something as simple as that. Just being right. open That's to cool. it. Yes. Right. Well, thank you so much for, for spending this time with us today. Um, it, I know you have a few resources um, with your uh, suicide prevention and your youth center, uh, as well as your book. If kids want to find out more about you and, and these resources, where should they go online? Well, my website is teenalive.com. Okay. And so that's my speaking website with all the stuff for teenagers. And my practice is youthhealthcenter.com. But I think one thing I want to mention, because most kids are on this here, mm -hmm. I want people to download, parents to download the app called the Not Okay app. It's called Not Okay, and I have it on my phone. And what that app does is that in that app, when the parents install it in their kids' phones, they have the ability to put five trusted adults phone numbers when your child is suicidal because again I work with suicidal teens if your child is suicidal they have the ability to input I'm not okay that's all they need to, to put and that app sends a GPS location to those five predetermined adults so you know exactly where I am am I about to jump what am I doing where am I and you can get to me hopefully before I hurt myself I love that app it's called the Not Okay app. I think everyone should have it in their phones. Great. To me. And of course, 1-800-273-TALK is the suicide hotline. But more importantly, there's the 988 that just came out the end of last year. 988 is a 911 for suicide. 988. Cool. Mm -hmm. Well, great. So we'll, we'll link to some of these things in the description. Thank you so much for sharing them with us and, and for sharing your wisdom with us. I really appreciate your time here today, Dr. Lula. The nada, nada. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us today on Virtual School Assembly. If you enjoyed the episode, please subscribe on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever else you listen to Virtual Assemblies. And leave us a rating and review so we know what you learned and took away from this Virtual Assembly. Videos and show notes are found at virtualschoolassembly.com. And if you're a school leader and you're looking for a speaker for virtual or traditional in-school assemblies, or if you're looking for some teacher training, I'd love to connect with you to see how I can help. You can check out my website at tylerchristiansen.com. Thanks. You are super duper. Let's go out and make the world a better place. Bye-bye.